Today on episode 98 of the Home of Play podcast, PlayStation 5 is outselling Xbox Series consoles 2 to 1. The PlayStation wrap-up report is available to view your 2021 gaming stats. And Activision Blizzard gets acquired by Microsoft. It's their problem now. All that and more. Let's get some non-Call of Duty intro. Sour Monday, everyone. Welcome back to episode 98 of the Home of Play podcast, where every Monday the two best friends join forces to give you the latest in PlayStation rumors, news, reviews, and that is because we're the true PlayStation fans. I'm your host, Stephen. With me, I'm joined by the king of platinum trophies himself, Christopher. Hello, hello. The Home of Play podcast is a self-supported podcast. We don't include any of that bias or paid for opinion stuff that you do not need here. This allows us to bring you the PlayStation news that you actually need or want to know. All of our content is free if you enjoy your leisure. We only ask that you help support the show by subscribing to the Home of Play podcast, telling your friends, family, and the snowmen about the show and that they can find us and all your favorite podcast services of choice, such as Spotify, Apple, or Amazon. Every month we're growing. It's all because you love the gaming homies, helping to spread the cause through the power of word of mouth. If you have any comments, questions, or complaints, please send any of those to our email address, homeofplaypodcast at gmail.com, and then we can read your questions on the show or alone private while we discuss how sour we are this week uh, because of all this sour news that we got. We're the Sour Patch Kids, if that's even a thing. I don't know. Let's continue. On today's episode, we have a bunch of articles for you. But before we get to all of that, I believe we should discuss what we've been doing this past week. And we're going to start with Chris, but I will remind Chris that we have a lot to talk about. So we're going to have to summarize this as quickly as we can, because <laughs> there's actually a stunning amount of news that isn't just Microsoft buying Activision. And uh, yeah, we're going to need a lot of spare time for that. Well, good, because I don't have too much of an update. Um, lots of TFT this week. Uh, a couple updates we got to the game. So there's some changes in some of the buffs and nerfs of the characters. Uh, but mostly my gaming has been Gloomhaven, uh, the digital version, which n- need I say more about that game? It's it's awesome. And getting more into Project Zomboid. It's a lot of fun. It's busy and it's it's tough too because like I say, you die, you lose that character and all of its stats it's learned. So that's the, the tough part about it. So, But that's pretty much been my week, just playing those ones and some work and all that kind of fun stuff. How about yourself? I think you've had a pretty busy week yourself. Yes, uh, my this is going to be very quick. I did not touch a single game. I looked through the sales again on PlayStation. Nothing speaking to me, but I think I'm at that point where we're just so close to February. I'm so excited for these new games that my brain just won't let me get into the back catalog that I have. And I just need to get me some new game. Uh, you know, last year was rough for me. And I'm just, yeah, I'm just ready for anything new. So, yeah, that's a brief summary. Probably the briefest I could go is I just didn't really play anything. And that's okay, because like you said, I had a stupid busy week. So, Chris, let's get into where we synchronize the best. And that is for the, the news. news. New report details Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga, Rocky Development and Studio Crunch. This one comes from Game Informer. Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga got an April 5th release date this week after spending years in development limbo. For a while, it seemed like the project was in peril. And according to a new report by Polygon, those fears appear to have merit. The outlet talked to 30 concurrent and former employees of TT Games who revealed TT's lifetime history of crunch, a negative workplace atmosphere, and how the Skywalker Saga's development suffered from it. 
So I had to summarize this article. So I'm going to get into the, I don't know, the more important points of the article. And that is that the game has been in work. The game has been in the works for five years. Uh, apparently an unstable new proprietary engine called NTT. This engine became a bane to employees due to its missing key features and a difficult learning curve thus lengthening production, but to avoid paying license fees to, for Unreal Engine, uh, the management stuck with the NTT engine. Constant revisions and months of work being tossed aside, and many staff members were also reassigned to other projects, baffling those who still had to work on getting the Skywalker saga out of the door. Lastly, uh, divisive leadership changes and questionable vision of the company's future led to an exodus of over 40 employees from TT's two studios since the start of 2021. So, Chris, those are the highlights. Uh, doesn't sound like a lot of good things are coming out of TT Games lately, but hopefully this game uh, will still be enjoyable for those that enjoy the LEGO games, specifically the Star Wars LEGO games. What are your thoughts? More like lowlights <laughs> after reading these the, the pains they've been going through. Shots so I, fired. I'm not a big Star Wars guy, so is the Skywalker series the most recent three movies? So this one is apparently crazy. This, from my understanding, if I read this correctly, this game's supposed to be like all six movies. And it's supposed to have like over 300 playable characters, which isn't hard, you know, for a Lego game. They're all basically going to play the same. If I'm, I don't know, I could be mistaken, but I assume most of the Lego games that I've played, which I don't have a long history with, mm. I probably haven't played one in over like, at least over a decade. But anyway, I assume they're going to be all similar. But yeah, it's supposed to be massive. And I think that's another cool. big reason why this game is taking so long to make. I, I know I played some of the older ones or different versions, not just Star Wars. And they're pretty massive games for what they are. Um, mm -hmm. And they're pretty popular. I think they do pretty well, actually. So oh, yeah, sure. I, this one's probably going to do really good as well. But it's too bad that they, they're being forced to work in shitty tools and engines and whatnot and just working environments is yeah a kind of legos all happy cheerful jokey you know fun games and all that kind of stuff but it's the behind the scenes is not so fun not so fun oh you I, bring up the engine thing and i'm very much as you know someone that hates just bad engines that exist for the sake of avoiding pain for better engines like unreals so you know, I bring up Frostbite all the time. It's a terrible engine. It is the bane of many people's existence that work with EA. And it's constantly made our experiences as gamers worse, too. Like uh, Bioware's Anthem, uh, notoriously broken. And a lot of the fingers got pointed at that crappy engine. It also had mismanagement, but a lot of it was the engine. And how, you know, even they were trying to defend it, saying like, well, you know, it wasn't made for third party game or uh, third person sorry game uh but then you you i mean you look at any of the battlefields it doesn't work for first person games either that engine's just yeah. broken so i definitely my heart bleeds as soon as i read the just terrible engine they're being forced to use i totally understand that that is unruly and that shouldn't happen um especially just due to greed like breaking these people so you know when i read 40 employees left probably you know kind of makes sense i i would understand that so you know that definitely touches on me but uh the one positive note is at the end of the article it did kind of summarize everything and say some employees were saying that 
things were getting better. Management was getting better. Some decisions were more cohesive and uh, actually made some sense. So hopefully things do get better there. And, you know, hopefully this game, you know, it's not going to be released on good terms, it sounds like, but it'd be good note, at least if the game came out enjoyable and, you know, it's received well by the fans, at least some good could come from it, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I'm I'm sure it will in that regards. I'm kind of curious to see how it'll look and play just with the, with the new engine that they're using, but because you never know, it could be good. It could look really good. It just maybe it's really painful to work with, but for sure, I'm curious to I'll have to make a mental note to take a look at it and watch some people play it or something and see if I how the mechanics work. If I can be even though, yeah, it would make sense if I can play Kylo, I might just get it for that fact alone. <laughs> I don't know why I love that character so much. PS5 will outsell Xbox Series consoles 2 to 1 this year. Ampere analyst forecast. This one comes from VGC. Ampere research director Piers Harding Rolls has forecasted 18 million sales for Sony's console in 2022 and 9 million sales for Microsoft's systems. However, he expects Switch to be the year's leading console with 21 million sales. In quotes, It looks like the availability of PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series consoles is going to improve slowly over the year, and our expectation is that Sony will outsell Microsoft 2 to 1, said Harding Rolls. But actually, the biggest selling console in the market is going to be the Nintendo Switch at 21 million units, and that will be driven by demand for the new Nintendo Switch OLED. Do you think that'll sell a lot of Nintendo Switches? It's just the screen changing? I don't know. So... I actually was thinking about this before we started recording, like just to myself, uh, because I saw the numbers of the switch and I believe it it's really close to the 100 million units sold mark. So if this forecast is true, then it, at the end of 2022, it will have beaten the PS4 already. Um, so I, and like at first I was like, oh, you know, it sucks. Like I like Sony's records. But then I realized like the problem I always have with the switch and I know that's not the point of this article, but the problem I always have is like that when the switch was being looked at negatively before it actually released, nobody, everybody, everybody's like defense mechanism right away was, well, it's not really a home console. You know, it's more a handheld. You can't compare graphics, blah, blah, blah. And then as soon as it started doing great, they're like, Oh no, it's the best selling home console of all time. Oh, and there's, they're going to do it. They're definitely going to add there and be like, Oh, it's the best selling console of all time. Like if it eventually outsells the PS two, which is the highest selling home console of all time, then I guarantee you they're going to use that narrative and be like, Oh yeah, it's the best selling console of all time. It's like, come on. It's not fair because getting back to the point you brought up, Nintendo fans are strange in this. And I can't, track them they they absolutely will buy any iteration and multiple iterations that have the most minimal changes whatsoever it's just like you're right all they did was change the screen it's not even that much bigger and the clarity isn't any better it's absolutely ridiculous and they they'll just rebuy it i mean they had the light model that's selling because a lot of you know people i hear will just then bring up the argument well I'll keep the main one or I'll get the OLED one for myself, but the, I'll get like the one without removable controllers for my child. Mm-hmm. So it's like, now you got multiple in the household and it's just a crazy thing. You know, the other point I want to bring up too is I don't think you get this attachment rate 
even with the PS4 Pro or the Xbox, uh, not Series X, but One X. And I don't think this, you know, a lot of people that bought the original actually would get the Pro. And it's like, which is so saddening because that actually gave you like a graphical boost of like almost 50% where the Switch is like, the screen's different. And then everyone's like, oh, I got to get the Switch. I got to get the new Switch. But they won't get the PS4 Pro. <laughs> and then the uh, Animal Crossing version of the new Switch will come out. And then they all got to get that one, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. So, uh, it's you know, it's confusing. But anyway, it looks like PlayStation's set to have a decent year. All mm. things considered with stock shortages and whatnot. Yeah. Imagine what the numbers we said this before. Imagine what the numbers would be for both systems uh, if they actually had the stuff on the shelves. I kind of think, and I'm not just trying to be petty, but I honestly think Xbox loves this. I think with PlayStation constantly selling out, I think it helps their console sell out. Because people can't get it, so they'll just buy the other one? So you I think so. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I think a lot of, well, I guess it'd just be speculation, but I think a lot of PS5 users or PlayStation users if they can't get their system, they'll probably get a PC over buying an Xbox, but maybe not. That's definitely. I think those pricier. are the diehard fans, but I think there's a lot of people that just want to do any kind of 4K gaming. Yeah. And then they'll buy the Series S. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what's happening. I wouldn't honestly doubt if some of those people who got this a Series is 4K just didn't, gaming. <laughs> well, they just didn't probably understand what that meant and. They're going to learn real hard, and I feel bad, but that's uh, Microsoft's way of doing things, and that's that's their priority, so that's good for them. But good numbers. New state of industry report reveals nearly 75% of devs surveyed aren't interested in NFTs. This one comes from Game Informer. Before I start this article, Chris, I thought you would like to know that it's very interesting how people wanted to label this article. I grabbed this from Game Informer, as I just said. But if you go to IGN, they label it as 28% of devs are interested in NFTs. That's weird. Almost like IGN has a priority here and maybe an incentive, I dare say, to maybe they're looking into NFTs themselves. Because I have a hard time believing anyone that's aware of the game industry and how negative NFTs are being received currently would structure an article name like that. Yeah, that's it. It was it actually made me stop what I was doing when I saw the same article, but then yeah, totally twisted on its head like that. Hmm. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, really, guys? Like, you don't remember typing in all these articles where people aren't thrilled about? It? You don't see the onslaught of comments where people are shaking at the fences, shaking the fences. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's read this article before my head blows. In a newly released 2022 State of Industry report from the Game Developers Conference, GDC, 70% of developers surveyed said they and their studio are not interested in NFTs. 72% of those that answered said they and their studios aren't interested in cryptocurrencies either, which is often used to purchase NFTs. However, 28% said they are at least somewhat interested in cryptocurrency at their studio and 28% are at least somewhat interested in NFTs. Only 1% of those surveyed said that they are stu- that their studio already uses cryptocurrency or NFTs in their development and game models. 
None of this is especially surprising if you follow conversations of blockchain gaming and the like in industry spaces. NFTs and blockchain games are largely viewed negatively due to their part in ongoing environmental damage. So Chris, we and I don't think it's just environmental damage. It's because it's a pyramid scheme, like I say, what feels like every week now. I, I try to warn people as much as I can that uh, you don't own anything you buy that's an NFT. I just, I can't make that more clear and people just don't seem to get it. Excuse me. But maybe that non thing I own, I could resell to someone else. <laughs> people just seem to get excited about the word digital. As soon as it's like you have something that used to be physical and you put digital on it, they just think it's like the next thing guaranteed because everything's going digital, right? Like, you know, that's all we ever heard growing up in the 90s. Everything's going digital. Then it's the early 2000s. Like, oh, see, like everything's going digital. I'm like, yeah, but not everything needs to. And I think it's hard to have a valueless system. And I don't know. I Again, I'm not an economist, but it just doesn't make any sense to me to spend crazy amounts of money on stuff that you don't own. Agreed. That would be like you buying a motorcycle and then I pay you $10,000 to get a picture of the motorcycle, but I can't ride it and you can still ride it. I just get a picture of it. Can we make that deal? <laughs> like, Are you going to pay for my motorcycle? <laughs> no, for the picture of the motorcycle. I worked really oh, hard okay. on that. <laughs> You're like, I photoshopped a, a lens flare on it. <laughs> Star, it's a Star Trek movie. Lens flare. So moving forward, Horizon Forbidden West is a whopping 86 gigs on the PS5. This one comes from Push Square. Horizon Forbidden West will take a tremor tusk sized bite out of your PlayStation 5's SSD with the anticipated sequel weighing in at almost 86 gigs, according to data scraped from Sony servers. PlayStation game size reports that the release may even be larger in Europe. I don't know why. With file sizes <laughs> of over 96 gigs touted. And this is all prior to any potential launch day title updates. So that's a fairly large size uh, for the game. I don't remember how much the original was, but I feel like the original was much less, even with the DLCs, I think it was less than that. Mm -hmm. So I'm expecting a fairly large world with a lot of content in it. How about I'm yourself? a little... You know, I'm wondering if this is just a bloated number because, again, this is a PS4 game. This is cross-gen, so yeah. I'm wondering if this could have been halved if it was strictly PS5 and to save some time. Um, and, you know, because it's already been delayed some, I'm wondering if, yeah, this yeah, could have been a lot smaller. And, you know, it seems unfortunate. I really wanted to know what the PS4 version file size It's probably would be. less. If it is, then I could absolutely guarantee that that's the problem right there is yeah, the cross gen, the, te the textures. So I already, like, as soon as I found this article, the first comments were like, guess I'm buying a two terabyte SSD. And I'm like, you know, if that's your prerogative, then great. But, you know, again, I think me and you have decent internet speed. So I'm still not at that point ever. Like I just keep clearing things and I'm totally okay with it. And maybe I'm just more selective. I don't play a lot of different games at the same time. So I don't think it affects me in a certain way. So, you know, this sucks to see it. It's kind of the opposite of why I was excited to get to the next gen is I kept hearing about how they could condense these file sizes and 
now that we're hearing that we might be, you know, we talked about last week, we might be cross-gen for a lot longer than we thought we were going to be. And I hope we don't keep seeing these file sizes. Like, what do you think God of War is going to be? Yeah, I'm just actually looking at my console right now. I have less than 20 gigs. <laughs> the problem is, is like, I don't even have like any big games installed. It's all little ones. Oh, well, I still got Valhalla. Uh, I have 239.5 gigs available. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, you got the space. So it's looking like I'm going to have to probably clear up some space. I got to figure out what to cut. I really should. I, I My problem right now is like even looking at our history of our, you know, trophies and all that stuff, the review thing we're going to get to. I was like, I, I didn't get a lot of console gaming in this year. I don't know why. It's been more PC gaming, I guess. It, but that's I guess it's kind of common, too, when you get to the, the next gen console. There's always a, a gap in games usually. So there's usually a couple of good ones right at the end for the, the I think we had but. the opposite, in my opinion. I think we were inundated with way too many good titles right off the start, which we've never seen in That's a true. next gen launch before. But, but then it created a lull like we've also never seen. Yeah, because I know with the PS4, I felt like we didn't start getting real games until The Witcher 3 came out. Mm -hmm. And before that, it was just nothing. And, you know, you could barely justify getting the new console other than to say, I got the new console. And yeah, now I feel like we had the opposite problem. Yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm remembering back to the, that previous November where it's like Watch Dogs and Valhalla and then Demon's Souls and then yeah, Miles Morales. Miles Morales. I got that one a little bit later, but yeah. Returnal wasn't even that Returnal, far down. Yeah, that one's a 50 gigger. So yeah, 86 gigs. It's quite a bit for the base hard drives uh, out there, but uh, I don't know. I, I'm I, at least we, like you said, we have decent enough internet where it's easy for us to take it in and out when we need to. So, I mean, I have, what did I tell you? Like I, I'm over 200 gigs, so I can easily afford this and still have over 100 gigs so i'm not yeah. gonna die the only thing i will note i don't know if you said it i think you did but yeah like it does definitely warn people that this is without a day one patch so that's another concern i have well what's the total size going to be after a day one patch maybe it won't need a huge day one patch maybe it's going to come out polished it's just you know in today's day and age i, I don't know if that happens we've anymore. seen some pretty big day one patches out before so oh for sure yeah, uh, I love the ones where it pretty much redownloads the whole game. Criterion's Need for Speed game will reportedly be released this year. This one comes from VGC. According to journalist Tom Henderson, which we keep referring to in this podcast, it feels like every week, the game's publisher is targeting a September or October release date for the title. Uh, in March 2021, EA delayed the release of the next Need for Speed game by a year and moved developer Criterion Games into a support role on Battlefield 2042. Looks like that didn't help very much. Henderson, who has a strong track record with EA reporting, has also backed up recent claims about the publisher's plans for Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order sequel. He said in a quote, and this is the quote, <laughs> I phrased that very weird, uh, now seems incredibly likely that the game will be announced on May 4th and that it's expected to be released in the fourth quarter of 2022, Chris. We're going to get, you know, it's like, I know this article is about Need for Speed, but I am much more excited to hear that uh, we won't actually have to wait into 2023 for another Star Wars game of any substance. So this is very exciting. 
I'm not a racer guy, but I do have a fondness for Need for Speed. I remember playing on the original PlayStation. Uh, it's a fun series and one that, you know, if it showed up on PlayStation Plus for free one month, I would probably download it. I, yeah, I've had my share of Need for Speed. I I mean, everybody loves, um, was it? Uh, Hot Pursuit. Hot Pursuit, yeah. Hot Pursuit. That I was didn't the even one. know you what knew. you were trying to say, but, you but knew. I knew what you were that, trying to say. Because that was the one. And then yes. uh, the undergrounds, those were okay. Oh, those were good. The uh, soundtrack on those. Yeah. But so the walls, Chris. To the, to walls. the walls. But, <laughs> but uh for me, my criterion game is the burnout series. I want another burnout. I really loved Burnout Paradise. There's just so much to do in that world. And I I just want another good one, like the crash events and all that kind of stuff. That that's that's my driving series. So Need for Speed's popular though, so it'll do. I mean, people love that one. So, but I want the burnouts. Where's the next burnout? And what are your thoughts on Jedi Fallen Order sequel? Mm, yeah, so I got that one now for free on one of my services. Oh yeah, it was a Twitch Prime drop, so I have access to the first game. So I haven't installed. I apparently my old save file still works. <laughs> so. I was like, okay, so I could start picking up where I left off. So I turned that on briefly, but obviously not enough to even mention it in our recaps. But uh, maybe I'll get back into that and just try to... Unfortunately, the area that I stopped, there's like not a boss, but like a mini boss, and it rolled me a couple times. So I'm like, okay, I gotta remember how to play this game. And so, and I really like it, even though I haven't finished it. So a sequel, I, I think it's going to do really well. I mean, that's... That put EA back in some good graces for a lot of people with that game. So uh, they they need the sequel. Yeah. Respawn keeps that company from the pitchfork. Yeah. I really think. Yeah. No, I agree. PlayStation creator Ken Kutaragi criticizes the metaverse and VR headsets. This one comes from Game Informer. Kutaragi believes staying rooted in the real world is very important and doesn't understand why someone would want to jack into an artificial reality. I guess he doesn't watch anime. You would rather be a polished avatar instead of your real self. That's essentially no different from anonymous message board sites, says Kudaragi. He's not a fan of wearing VR headsets to interact with the metaverse either, saying headsets would isolate you from the real world. And I can't agree with that. Headsets are simply annoying. (laughs) I mean, he's not the CEO anymore. It's fine. It's interesting. His take, he's very rooted in the real world, it sounds like. Which I totally understand. We all exist in this real world. I think sometimes we, you know, again, I talk about that digital thing, everyone. And this metaverse thing, I don't even want to touch on it. I think it's so silly. But, you know, whatever. It's beyond the point. It's just (laughs) funny to hear one of the PlayStation's main strategies in the future is clearly more VR stuff. And he does not like VR headsets, Chris. He does clearly not like like old man Ken sitting on his porch with a shotgun and a bottle of whiskey rocking on his rocking chair. I ain't doing no VR headsets. <laughs> well, and it, it, you know, the, the article did continue. I, I, I clip it like I always yeah. do, but he says other weird, interesting things like how he doesn't like VR headsets because you can't see the world around you. And I'm like, while well, playing games uh, specifically, and I was kind of confused by that because I'm like, why aren't you supposed to be looking at the TV? Like, isn't that how we play yeah, games? Yeah, you focus on the TV when you're playing yeah. them. So I, I don't pay attention to the much around me. Maybe he's not playing the right games because if he's watching what the outside world's doing from his window while he's supposed to be playing Pong or Tetris, I just have a hard time understanding, you know, maybe, 
like I said, you just, you ain't playing these games right, or you're not playing the games that are right for you. But uh, it's it's just a funny article, really. I don't actually criticize the man. He's allowed no. to have his opinion. Uh, I honestly agree with him with the metaverse stuff. So, you know, I can meet him halfway. The VR stuff, though, I'm like, yeah, if he's picturing some guy that's spending eight hours of his day in the VR headset, maybe that is a little silly. But I, I don't think he understands that VR is still something that I think a lot of people use little bits at a time, like maybe an hour yeah. every once in a while. I don't think it's multiple hours every day. I just don't think we're there yet. I can see his concern if he thinks it's going to go mobile. <laughs> people walking yeah. down the street with their headset on. <laughs> yeah, he Car. sees enough people texting and walking in signs and cars. I don't think we need VR headsets. Yeah, I will agree if that's what he's thinking. <laughs> Battlefield 2042 could potentially go free to play after poor performance <laughs> on PS5, PS4. This one comes from Push Square. Still so we've talked about them before. Let's talk about them again. The negative word of mouth has hurt sales numbers too. And according to series know-it-all Tom Henderson, publisher EA is looking at all the options in regards to moving forward with the title. That includes allegedly a free-to-play a free release. Currently, the first-person shooter is a full-price product on PS5 and PS4, and that'd be quite the change. So not a big article to talk about here, Chris, but... Uh, it sounds like EA realizes that this did not come out great, and it, it de they definitely recognize that uh, the conversation around it isn't great either. And I, I don't know. This would be a, an incredible move. I've never seen I, I've never seen EA course correct like this before. Um, but you know, does this also have something to do with the recent acquisition of a Activision? Damn, saying those two words back to back doesn't feel right. Um, yeah, like they got to go f like all the way, though. If they're going to make it free to play this soon after the release, they have to do something about people who have already purchased it. Like you'd, I, you'd assume they'd have to. It's too soon. Almost like PUBG, where you would have to give them everything free afterwards. Like you give like if it's if, it, if they make, like it, if it takes a year and then it goes free then that's okay. Even PUBG, I'm surprised they gave what they gave. The game's been out mm -hmm. forever. But Battlefield, more of a known title, bigger. If they, don't, if they make it free sooner than a year, like they, they really need to do something for the people who already paid for it. Like DLC, season passes, a couple battle passes or some shit. I don't know. But like they've got to do something about that audience because this is not... This game's doing awful. So... I don't know. Free is too expensive. So two things shoot up in my head when, while we're having this conversation. The first one is the emission of guilt. And does that free up chances of lawsuits against them? Um, and I guess my second thing that popped up in my head is, do you feel like this is almost a message of them saying this game's not going to be fully in a good place for quite some time. I don't know. Like, I don't see the game. It'll stabilize over time, but I think they'll probably abandon it at some point. Work on a sequel. I really, yeah, just now having that thought, I really do think that this sounds like they're saying this game's not going to be a great place for so long that yeah. no one's going to want to buy this, that we're going to do this, and it takes some of the pressure off of them being like, well, yeah. it's free to play, though. 
it's free to play. And as far as like a lawsuit goes, I don't know how one would do that. Like, did the game advertise something that it didn't have? I, I don't know if it did. I mean, it's broken. Features? It, it's broken and it doesn't function properly, but... And I'm not like, saying the, in any other case it allows it, but almost just because they're go- if they do go free to, fl- free to play, legally is that almost an omission of guilt? And an omission of, yeah. like, this game isn't at a place that we promised you it would be for a full retail price. Mm-hmm. I, again, I'm not a lawyer. I'm just talking on my ass here. Oh, and, yeah. You know, that part's speculative for sure. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see what happens if people do want to go that route and do a lawsuit. But I don't know. I don't know. Hey, Chris, did you say something about Neon Ninjas? Because it looks like Bethesda's Ghostwire Tokyo could release as soon as March. This comes from VGC. This is according to PlayStation Store listing for the game, captured by MP First, which reportedly listed a release date of March 24th, 2022. VGC has been unable to verify the listing. Bethesda's PS5 exclusive was due for release last year, but in the summer it was officially delayed to early 2022. Well, it gives me hope for something for March, because uh, we've said it before, <clears throat> But uh, I'm interested in this. I want to see more about it, obviously, because I have the uh, skepticism of things that you've mentioned where it's like we've never actually seen the character move and fight at the same time (laughs) or things like that. I'm hoping it'll be like a spooky game with creepy monsters, but who knows? It's been a while since we've seen any new content from the game. Uh, Well, and I I just want to stop you there. I think that's the most poignant point there is, is that they haven't shown anything. They haven't shown anything new. And if it's coming out this soon, is that not super concerning? And I think that might make everything I say seem more legit. Yeah. No, you're right. It, it, it Because they haven't shown anything about it means they have less faith in it, maybe. Which is weird, though, because they ha- must have had faith in it initially because they, you know, it was, mm-hmm. it was there in the shows. They had that girl there on that stage showing it and talking about it. And, and I also don't know if this is a pissing contest between Sony, Microsoft, and Bethesda as well. Like, does Sony not want to show it because it's, a, you know, almost a slight against Microsoft? And does Microsoft tell Bethesda to keep quiet too because we don't want to increase their sales either? I Again, I don't know if they're all that petty, but it's not an impossibility either because, let's face it, humans are petty. Yeah. There's just a lot of things we could speculate from the lack of content we've seen about this game. But either way, I do, you know... When it's the end of the day, I do hope it's a good game. I hope you have enjoyment out of it. Um, but just, yeah, where I'm sitting, I think this was, I mean, A, it looks like a PS3 game, but B, I'm just, I don't think it's going to come out good. But hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully I'm wrong. That's what I'll say. But Chris, we're going to move on. The PlayStation wrap-up report is available to view your 2021 gaming stats. This one comes from Game Informer. From now until February 20th, visiting the PlayStation wrap-up page displays stats such as the number of games played, total hours spent gaming, trophies earned, and other factoids. The only prerequisite is that you'll have needed to have spent at least 10 hours playing PS5 or PS4 in 2021. The report also displays the collective accomplishments of players around the world, including specific in-game metrics such as most popular weapon in Returnal, those who access the wrap-up receive a download code to get four free avatars for PS5 and PS4. So, Chris, I believe you said you brought up your wrap-up. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, you did it on your phone, whereas cool, ready people such as myself pulled it up in their browser. But since it's gonna... a nice format on my phone, <laughs> I, I think I have moving videos on mine. So yeah, you... I do too. Oh, okay. Well, that mm-hmm. is quite impressive, actually. Yeah. So, Chris, last year you played for how many hours? I got 522 hours. <laughs> 313 for myself. Yeah, that tells you something. Because usually I'm skyrocketing in hours. I think I'm low is my number, actually. Yeah, I actually think so, too. If I check last I, year, I'm I think probably, I doubled that. I don't know if I'm normal. Even I think I was higher last year. I feel like I was higher last year. Mm. I'm interested on your hour breakdown. How many PS5 versus PS4 title hours spent? Uh, 399 hours were on PlayStation 5 titles, and 123 hours were on PlayStation 4 titles. Ooh, we're very close on that one, except the first one, 194 hours on PS5, so 62% of my time, and 119 hours on PS4 titles, 38% of my time. Hmm, Almost all 119 hours might be near Autonoma, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know how many of those PS4 games were I accidentally download the ps4 version and didn't realize it didn't have the ps5 version of the game <laughs> there's nice. a couple of those for a couple of games but your number one played game how many hours uh i'm gonna make you guess what do you think my number one for last year was was it demon souls you got it you forced me into it <laughs> if i had to guess though i would say it's like around 60 hours 42 hours 42 but hours? that doesn't include when I was originally starting to play it when it came out in 2020. Right. Yeah, the the intro part. So there's probably, like, in total, I probably played that game over 60 hours, but, oh, that's probably where all my multiplayer hours came to, actually, now that I think about yeah, it. Yeah, us playing Demon Souls. Yeah. My number one was Yakuza Like a Dragon, 87 hours. What a shame. I did too much grinding, <laughs> and I still didn't finish it everything. Yeah. Well, my number I two was surprisingly Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Which was the first wow. game and the second one. I still I'm near the end of the second one, but not onto the third one yet. So hmm. I'll read you mine real quick. We got Assassin's Creed Valhalla, 34 hours. Tales of Arise, uh, 31 hours. Number four, Near Autonoma, 28 hours. And number five, Final Fantasy 12, the Zodiac Age at 26 hours. Yeah, my number four was Demon Souls, 40 hours. And number five was Mortal Phoenix Rising, 39 hours. That that makes sense. You did play that pretty well. And then finally, how many trophies did you get? Well, you know, I'm not a trophy guy. Like, I enjoy them, but I don't seek them out. So I'm sitting at a, a measly 315 new trophies. That's not bad. That's pretty good. Oh, is it? I think so. Based on, okay. like, your hours and everything. Because yeah. uh, I got 718 trophies. Ooh. And just based on our time spent and everything. So did you, did you get any platinums this year? I actually did get one platinum. Spider-Man? It must have been. It must have been Spider-Man. Yeah, you know what? It's Miles Morales. I got the platinum, so that makes sense. I got 13. Daddy likes. I only got 12 gold, so you even beat me with your platinums versus my gold. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that is our hours and games played and whatnot. Uh, If you're interested, send us your hours. Let us know how many trophies you got. Uh, we're always curious. Uh, like I said, you can contact us at Home of Play Podcast. GTA Trilogy has done just great. Exec says glitch was resolved. This one comes from Push Square. Take two and Rockstar Overlord Strauss Zelnick 
is fairly satisfied with the game, though as he told investors that it's done just great, and while it had a glitch in the beginning, that's been <laughs> resolved. With regards to the GTA trilogy, that was actually not a new title, but was a remaster of pre-existing titles. We did have a glitch in the beginning, that glitch was resolved, and the title has done just great for the company. Yeah. Uh, so it's just another corporate overlook of not acknowledging the failures that they are responsible for really and yeah just what a i guess ignorant is the only way i could phrase that yeah you just like they make just as much they probably made more money in gta 5 for in-game currency over how much like the trilogy made total because it's just like i think people know at least people who are slightly keeping in the news know that this trilogy was a dumpster fire i would rather go and play the originals uh, most people would. They, I think they had to relist them on the store because the how many R8 people were, again, shaking the fences. I, I love how he just says, it was a glitch. It was just a glitch at the beginning. No, the whole thing's awful. <laughs> like, even, well, and they're like weird trust in that like self-programming technology they use where it didn't even get their own logo right in the game. Yeah. It, it's just, just stupid stuff like that. I don't know. It, it's whatever. It's just... I don't even mind, but like be upfront and honest and take responsibility, I guess is all I'm asking here. Okay, Chris. So we finally got to where we wanted to go, which is our last article, the big article, as I'm now going to call it. And obviously, obviously, if you're any person that's somewhat interested in gaming, you've probably heard this already. Microsoft has acquired. Activision Blizzard. And that's the world we live in today. Yeah. So I don't really have a source for this. I went through everything, gathered as much as I could. I'm sure there's things I missed, but there's just so much to take from this. There's so much to talk about. Like even me and Chris talking about before recording, you know, going over like, did we think about this avenue? And did we think about that? And have we forgotten anything? And the answer is there's yes. just a lot to this. So I really do think we're going to touch on this almost probably weekly for a while or maybe not. But I'm sure there'll be a little tidbits that leak out as time progresses. Uh, so we're just going to do the best job that we can. And uh, I guess that's all we can do. Right, Chris? Mm-hmm. So anyway, guys, if you didn't hear already, you're going to hear it now. Microsoft, that is Xbox, has purchased Activision in another acquisition another power play, if you will. And if they are willing to pay over market price of $68.7 billion for all that is Activision Blizzard. Um, it, for reference, they spent $7.5 billion on Bethesda back in 2020. So if I'm not mistaken, this is the biggest game purchase acquisition that we've ever seen. And it's expected that this deal, if it's not challenged, the transaction is expected to close sometime in 2023. It sounds like it could be anywhere as late as June 2023. Uh, so if you're really concerned about the next Call of Duty, I wouldn't be. It's coming out. Uh, it, heck, you might get two. Um, but either way, there you go. That's what happened. That's kind of what we were referring to at the start of the show when we talked about us being sour. <laughs> uh, it's a little bit of that. 
So there's a lot that happened here. There's a lot to unpack. And I guess we can start with Sony's response, which I guess they made a tweet, a very public tweet. And all it said was, we expect that Microsoft will abide by contractual agreements and continue to ensure Activision games are multi-platform. I don't know. (laughs) I honestly don't know. You know, I was one of the biggest guys that was pushing that. I thought Bethesda games would continue to come on PlayStation consoles. I don't think I'm 100% wrong on that to this day. And I'll hold off explaining why uh, until later. But currently I am wrong. And um, there's some weird off ball things where I'm kind of still right, though. Like, I I can't remember. But I think they brought like the remastered or like original Quake onto PlayStation still. So it's like interesting. There is small things that still come out. Um, You know, I can't remember what one another game. But yeah, it's just they seem to be very selective, but at least with new properties and supposedly to this day, Elder Elder Scrolls six is going to be exclusive to Xbox again. We'll see. Um, Starfield definitely is all that kind of stuff. Uh, I guess we could just stop here and I'm very interested in your take on this, Chris, uh, not just the Sony's response, obviously, but the deal in question. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I've had emotional roller coaster on this whole thing, like ups and I'm downs. I'm glad you said it like that because I feel like I had the exact same thing. But- I definitely, I am so happy that we record later in the week that we had time to process. Because yeah. if I would have just gone on on Tuesday, this whole thing would be on fire right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, part of me is like, it's hard. Like, okay. We we had conversations, obviously, off recording where was, we're talking like, the, this is the new game that Microsoft's playing. They, they, they're just buying all these companies, trying to like put Sony in their corner. Um, and that hurts. It hurts from being a Sony guy to know that that's happening. But then my emotional roller coaster goes the other way. And it's like, well, but what are they taking away from my uh, Sony? And I'm like looking at the games list, like or there's so many, but it's like the big iconic Sony ones like Spyro, Crash Bandicoot, Call of Duty's always been pretty big on uh, Sony uh, platforms. There Arguably a, the highest selling yeah. platform. <clears throat> Tony Hawk. Uh, those were all big PlayStation games like way back when. Now I'm talking more Activision side than Blizzard side. Because let's be honest, the Blizzard side's always been PC. Uh, mm-hmm. Whatever Diablo 3 and Diablo 2 is now on consoles. Oh, you, whatever. you don't play World of Warcraft on PS4? Is that even an option? That's like, No, it's not. Yeah. That's my joke. I got you. You got me. So it's like I, the Blizzard side of things, I could separate whatever. It's already Microsoft because they're all on PC anyway. So that part of it d- doesn't bother me. The Activision mm-hmm. side of things, like I said, we like those games that we just talked about. It hurts because like those games are so iconic. Skylanders. I think that was pretty big on that was big on PlayStation, right? I think I can't Probably. remember that one, but the, such iconic Sony characters. Now they're gone. Now. I then I hit that emotional roller coaster again and I go back and I say, well, but when was the last time we saw a Spyro or a Guitar Hero or even a Tony Hawk? We have the remake of the one and two, but it's still whatever. It's a remake. It hit both consoles, What whatever. 
So it's like, when was the last time a Spyro came out? It was a remaster of the Toys for Bob or whatever. So Crash Bandicoot. I don't even remember what the last Crash Bandicoot was. Mm-hmm. So it's not like these Activision games were showing up on the console recently anyway. So yeah. I'm like, well, what are we losing? I'm like, not much right now. It doesn't feel like much. The big one is the Call of Duties. And I don't know, like you're talking about like with uh, Elden Ring. I, I, I oh, no, not Elden Ring. Like you're talking about with Elder Scrolls. I uh-huh. don't see a future where they take the Call of Duties away from PlayStation because they're, they're, then they're actively shooting themselves in the foot like money wise. Like you, you're losing out so much on money. And it's like, and another thing is like, oh, see, I'm, oh, I'm all over the place. Are they going to put Call of Duties on Game Pass? Like, that just seems like wrong. Like, they make so much money on those games, but Game Pass, they're making all their money on in-game content. Those, those cosmetics, those battle passes, the season passes, all those passes, that's where they're making all their money from on the, these games that you get on Game Pass. So I'm like, mm-hmm. it kind of works on the, their, their system that they're setting up. So, like I said, I, like emotional roller coaster. I'm going left, right, up, down, inwards, outwards, whichever way. I, I, I feel like I'm upset that they're cornering a market, which I don't think is fair. Um, but like I said, Microsoft, when was the last game they've published anything recently? Halo, I guess. Infinite, yeah. That's really the, like they don't. They're not making games anymore. They barely even making like consoles. Like the, mm-hmm. the consoles are just there's no need for them almost. They're just a box to use. So yeah. I, I don't know. This is kind of where I'm going back and forth. I'm sure I'm missing stuff, but it's like I don't know. For me, at first I'm like, oh, this really sucks. And then looking back, looking deeper into the game catalog, I'm like, how much are we really losing right now? Not a lot. The big one, I would say, is probably the Call of Duty franchise. But like I said, I, I don't see them taking that away. I, I, I know like you, you're going to talk about it, but like what's happening with Bethesda and them going like all pretty much just their own console, I don't know if Activision is going to be the same. Mm-hmm. So my own feelings... And I'm going to split this into two different ways. Uh, personal, me as a gamer. Yeah. I'm, I'm much like you. Uh, I can almost echo you exactly. Uh, I was not filled with glee when reading this. Um, I, but I also had the realization, and this is why I said, like, I'm happy we had time to reflect and, you know, go internally and think about this. And, yeah, I don't play i can't name you an activision game i've played in four years a wholeheartedly i'm not just saying that because i'm trying to be spiteful i'm legitimately i don't think i've played a call of duty since call of duty ghosts on the ps4 and i'm okay with that i've had my time of call of duty i don't think i put any more time in a call of duty than black ops 2 uh i had an okay time with that but that's also when i just my taste changed and I was no longer into big multiplayer games. I definitely started realizing how much more I loved single player narrative story driven games. And, you know, I always loved RPGs, but I just leaned even harder. And yeah, just multiplayer online games just didn't speak to me as much. Certain scenarios like me and you 
love playing souls games together and we will with elden ring and all that stuff so there's outliers for sure but yeah you're right it just it never affected me and as much as i have nostalgia for crash bandicoot or spyro guitar hero tony hawk i haven't played those games either and a lot of them have been recently re-released or have new entries altogether like crash bandicoot uh the fourth one i never played it never played it so as a gamer personally yeah this totally doesn't affect me but as someone who's very invested in the industry that's the second part of this and this is horrendous i think this is dirty and you can get as mad at me as you want. Like, maybe there's some people listening to this right now that are fans of Xbox. They think this is totally fair. But I would ask you, what has Sony done in comparison to this? You know what really drives me crazy, Chris, is you go online and so many people point out Sony's recent acquisitions. Um, in, let's just say Insomniac, I guess, uh, or Bluepoint or Housemark, whichever you want to point out. None of them are even on a measurable scale with how much Microsoft just spent to pay for these guys. And I would also argue, name me any developer studio that Sony has bought recently that was making games that weren't on PlayStation exclusively. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's a totally different system when you have Sony who asks, let's just say Housemark, all their games recently have been PlayStation exclusives. Okay. Uh, Blue Point, all of them PlayStation exclusives. Even Insomniac, they had one game on Microsoft and it didn't do too well. Microsoft clearly wasn't that interested in a sequel. And then they went back to Sony and started making Spider-Man. So I don't know what to tell you. It's, it, it's And again, even if you can get through that point, maybe you don't think I'm making a good argument, then let's talk about the difference between buying one studio versus buying publishers that have multiple studios and developers under them it it, you know chris could read off an entire list right now most of the games he did that it's not because activision has a lot it's because they've acquired a lot and because they are a publisher not a developer and that's the biggest difference when with bethesda it wasn't that they just bought bethesda that'd be one thing in itself when they bought Bethesda, they were actually buying Zenimax, and that owns Bethesda, that owns id. I, I'm forgetting so many more that are on there, but like that just it's just not the same game. And now Microsoft probably has more developers than many studios out there. It, it's just absolutely and it's just like anyone that thinks this is a good thing, ripping away more third party titles. Like with PlayStation. They acquire someone and Xbox loses nothing. They lose nothing. You you didn't have Spider-Man. You didn't lose anything when they bought Insomniac. You didn't have Resogun. So you didn't lose that. You didn't get Demon Souls. You didn't get Shadow Colossus remake. You didn't lose that when they took Blue Point. It's a totally different game that Xbox is playing. Xbox is playing Keep Away. And what they're and I thought I was clever when I said this to Chris earlier turns out someone else already used this so I guess I'm not that clever but I can still feel good saying it Xbox is doing what nobody likes to hear which is pay to win they are 100% pay to win right now and that I think is what frustrates me the most is like our ecosystem is losing out creativity is losing out and 
it's just i don't know and then like there's just so many points like chris said we're jumping around but you could talk about how bobby kodak is rewarded you know for all his misbehaviors he's going to get rewarded because of microsoft um there's just so many aspects to this that just aren't good and if you think this is a good thing i'm not going to criticize you i'm not going to chastise you i would just ask you to like actually look at the situation try to get all the facts yourself then if that's the conclusion you've come to and then you know do you still feel that way because i just don't understand how you think it's a good thing to play keep away and pay to win and i get that these are companies and i get that we're supposed to be very capitalistic and this is just comp like mass companies purchasing things like they always do but it's just when you have one and i think that's what irks me the most about this chris is that microsoft isn't spending microsoft earned dollar or i should phrase that as xbox isn't spending xbox acquired dollars yeah xbox has daddy's credit card and it's so reminiscent of an episode where south park had a parody almost of will smith's kids and in their dialogue, they talk about how they would beg Will Smith to do the next movie because it's $20 million, Papa. Take the movie, Papa. We want the $20 million. And that is the joke. But that is essentially what how Xbox is playing this. They go to daddy Microsoft OS operating system company and say, but we want the acquisition, Papa. Please spend $68.7 billion, Papa, because then we can win, Papa. And it's just, it's absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, and it's so funny, Chris, like me and you, I know I'm going everywhere and I'm so sorry. And you can chime in and block me if you want, Chris. But like, is this not the same company that just two, three years ago was crying everywhere that we need cross play? Cross play is fairness. Cross play is inclusionary. We need everyone to be able to play with everyone. But now it's the same company that's taking everything away from everyone. Yeah. Like, how is you know, and this is what always upsets me. And Chris, I know you have people personally in your life that talk about how consumer friendly Xbox is. How is this consumer friendly? They are taking away much more than they're ever giving. And again, it's just, it's the same company that started the whole wave of having to pay to play your games online. Is that consumer friendly? It's the same company that cries out that they want cross play because that would be consumer friendly for them at the time until they can take everything away i i just you know and then not to mention that you think the more that they acquire the more power xbox has in the gaming ecosystem you think your game pass price is going to stay the same netflix is now over 20 dollars a month what do you think game pass is going to be in five to ten years I, I and then i ask you again are they consumer friendly I don't think so. And I definitely don't think so for other countries. It's one thing to have this debate in America. I would I would love to hear. I know we have a bigger audience in the UK and Australia. If any of you guys are listening to this, please write me. Home of play podcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from any about you, like any of you, sorry. How do you feel? How does this make you irate? Do you not care? Do you not play Activision games? I I would just love to hear, you know, what like what are your sights in the future? Are you now considering Game Pass? Are you considering PC gaming more? Getting an Xbox Series S maybe just so you can still have a hold of these games. Uh I am very curious. So, you know, write me. I will respond to all of you. 
I'm just so interested in other markets and how this was going to affect other people uh, than just people I talk to in my small bubble. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. You want to, oh, just a funny little thought I had. Uh, what company do you think is the biggest winner in all of this? And I'm going to say it's not one of the big ones. Do you have a thought? Uh, probably Nintendo. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Nintendo, yeah. But that's one of the big ones. You, it, the, I think the biggest company uh, to succeed in this is one of the companies that dipped out of Activision not that long ago. That was Bungie. Oh, Bungie. <laughs> I feel like Bungie dodged uh, assault of bullets in doing this because I never thought about that. That is so true. I don't think Bungie wanted to be under that Microsoft umbrella clearly in everything that they've done. And now they dipped out of Activision. Maybe they knew this was coming down the pipeline. Maybe not, Mm -hmm. but I think they dipped (laughs) and they, they are probably super happy right now that they did. I never thought about that. They are definitely popping bottles at the office. Oh right yeah, now. this is <laughs> yeah. This is just one small little thought that that in all the thoughts that we're having that just popped well, into my it's mind. So, it's so funny because like Microsoft, I just don't see as a great management of developers or studios as a whole. They don't ever create anything. They just buy what they want. Yeah. So uh, people may not even remember this. Bungie was purchased once Xbox caught wind of Halo. It wasn't something Xbox created. So, and it's funny that Bungie had the foresight to see that Microsoft was not very creative. I think they knew that they would be making Halo until they were dead in the ground, which is 100% the case with 343, which is 100% the case with the um, Coalition, I believe, that does Gears of War. I always forget that one. So they somehow knew that that would be their future. So other people may not know this, but when Halo 3 sold so well, Bungie took all their money just to pay themselves out of Microsoft because they knew this would be their future forever and they didn't want that. Um, So you're right. Like they dodged a huge bullet here. And that's just an interesting point. I never even like thought about. Yeah. It's just in my opinion that I think Xbox lacks creativity. They don't make anything. So anyone that thinks this acquisition is a good thing, I would dare you to tell me what Xbox itself has actually created. I honestly don't know. Like when I was younger, you don't understand the hierarchy of publishing and developers and you just play the game you like. And, you know, it has those logos of the companies at the beginning and you just move on. Right. I honestly don't know what would be considered a true Microsoft game. I don't know the list. I'd have to look it up. Well, cool, because even Gears of War was epic, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's just. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to actually like Google it and look up what are true games or of the original. Like the company could just be a company. Well, it's, it is a company of just put, mm-hmm. purchasing you know, different smaller companies, but something that's yeah. truly come out of their doors. I don't know. I don't know what I, I feel. They kill studios more than they, and I don't mean them. kill like close their doors, but they just always seem to go to a bad place. And then they just don't develop anything great. It's like EA too. They, they purchase so many other smaller companies, consume them and then distribute the people amongst all their other bigger companies. 
mm-hmm. and then the smaller company just ceases. We 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 hear it goes bankrupt. And it's like my counter argument is like if you don't believe me, like Sony just last two years, what came out? Last of Us Two and Ghost of Tsushima. Amazing IPs. Like I personally didn't mesh well with Last of Us Two, but I love Last of Us One. Mm-hmm. Uncharted. Like these are all games that came out after already acquiring these studios. Yeah. Like Sony seems to like breathe creativity. Yeah. Very inclusive just, with their companies. But you're right, Chris. We need to move forward. So as speaking on the future of Call of Duty, what does that mean? Let's face it. We don't know. I don't think anyone knows. I've hear I'm hearing so much people so many people speculating that the same thing they said about Bethesda, you don't spend seven billion dollars to give like share this property. And now everyone's saying, well, you don't spend almost $70 billion to share this property. But Phil Spencer did tweet just recently, actually, in quotes, had good calls this week with leaders at Sony. I confirmed our intent to honor all existing agreements upon acquisitions of Activision Blizzard and our desire to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. Sony is an important part of our industry, and we value our relationship. Now, nobody knows what that means, because if you know Phil Spencer, he speaks in mazes and riddles, and it's very hard to read between his corporate bullshit, and I'm just going to be frank about that. He is one of the most untrustworthy CEOs I know of, the way he speaks, and he tries to hide things. You know, Bethesda was a guessing game for the longest time until recently. When he can finally, and even now, he doesn't conclusively say Elder Scrolls 6 is never coming to PlayStation. He uses such weird terminologies, and I just, I don't trust the guy as far as I can throw him. So does this actually mean that you're getting Call of Duty every year on PlayStation after they acquire it? Or are they referring to Warzone and continuing support on that on PlayStation? You know, it could be anything. I personally believe that he could very much be talking about keeping Call of Duty on PlayStation because what does he have to lose? He can give you it on Game Pass for free. And that makes Sony's future Game Pass version, whatever you want to call it, look inferior because you won't be able to get it for free. And when you buy it full price on PlayStation, he gets 70% of all the money. It just makes sense to me, but the argument could be made the same for Bethesda, and he's not doing that. But I think Bethesda games are smaller. Uh, not smaller, like nobody likes them, but it's not, let's face it, it's not the scope of Call of Duty. Yeah. And Call of Duty's been on cross-generations, cross-platforms for decades. I, I just, yeah, I don't know where it lands, but if you ask me what I think currently, I think you there's a good chance you will get Call of Duty to continue to release on PlayStation at least for a little bit. Yeah, I'd say maybe like the next two or three, maybe because usually they're always yes. in the works, right? So and, and maybe forever could be. You know what? I'm just gonna say you're gonna keep getting Call of Duties. I think it's everything else you're losing. You are not going to see anything new come out of Activision Blizzard that will come on PlayStation. I honestly don't even know about the games they delayed. I think Overwatch Two will probably come. I don't know about Diablo Four anymore. It's been delayed so far, and I don't know how much they've actually confirmed. If there is, you know, they said they're going to honor existing agreements. If there was an agreement with Diablo 4, okay, maybe you get that. I, I honestly don't know. Um, but, you know, they there has been talks, and maybe this is the next thing we can talk about after this, 
but there has been talks about reviving older IPs. You're not going to see that on PlayStation. If they bring Crash back, and it, which would be the ultimate slap in the face, they're not going to bring that on PlayStation. If they just, I don't know why they would, but let's say Guitar Hero, not, and, and so on. Uh, but before I continue on, do you have any words about future Call of Duty? Do you have any thoughts of like what's going to happen here? Just what I said. I, I think it's too big and to take it away from PlayStation seems weird. But I, I, I think I agree with you 100%. Like any future releases from Activision, any remasters, I'd say there's a high probability that it'll, it'll be exclusive to Xbox and, uh, and PC. So I think we're going to be okay with Call of Duty if that's what we're specifically focusing on. Um, but like you say, you never know with those guys. <laughs> so, yeah, that's very true. So kind of what I was talking about, I found another quote here. Phil Spencer is eager to revisit abandoned Activision franchises. So this is stuff I don't think you're going to see on PlayStation platforms any moving forward, basically. Uh, and in the quote, he just said, I was looking at an IP list. I mean, let's go. Phil Spencer ex exclaimed. King's Quest, Guitar Hero. I should know this, but hey, I think they got Hexen. So basically, it sounds like he's very excited to bring back some older properties. I don't know how he's going to do that. Is that part of his plan with all these studios now? Is he going to give some of them other things to work on, uh, switch it up, maybe see if that breathes creativity in his teams? But, you know, again, all we can do is speculate at this time. But uh, it's interesting. I do. I mean, it's quite notable. He in, almost intentionally didn't bring up Crash or Spyro. Um, and I think that was a smart move, honestly. It'd be interesting to see if they revive any of those old ones. But yeah. some of them are so old where it's like, yeah, I, I don't feel like I'm losing out on them. So if they brought Hexen back, I remember playing Hexen back in the day. But yeah, it's like that. I don't know. I keep going back to the the two. I feel like I'm two people right now where it's just like there's the personal me that those yeah. don't speak to me. Um, and then there's the like guy who's involved in all of gaming. And I'm just like, yeah, that's going to suck for a lot of people. A lot yeah. of people that aren't me that do like Crash, that like Spyro, um, you know, all these plethoras of games. And that's unfortunate. I mm -hmm. mean, speaking of some other games, Call of Duty, we can go back to that. Um, in a new article that provided an overview of Activision Blizzard's internal reactions to the acquisition, Bloomberg reports that high-level employees have discussed ditching Call of Duty's current release schedule. Currently, Activision continues to put a new Call of Duty every year from a rotating series of studios. That strategy has proven an awkward fit since the release of Warzone. I, you know, that would be very interesting, but then that also concerns me. Is there going to be job layoffs yeah because there'd be, you there'd had be three tons. studios yeah you can't have like three studios or well on the 12 studios that are working on it the three leading ones but it's like you can't merge them all together and it's like okay you're all going to keep your jobs let's see if we can reduce that game size now <laughs> like mm -hmm. and, I, and like the other the other point that you bring up is that they can't do that and i don't think you could take a Treyarch and be like okay well you're not making call of duty anymore so you make the next Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. That's not what they do. That's not their specialty. So now do you make them go help on the next Halo? Do you blend them into 343? Do you blend them in with uh, the developers of Wolfenstein? Maybe they help with that. Like maybe there's a way to do that, that there's no job loss. And I really hope that's the case. 
I just don't know how you'd make those changes and not affect the workflow that's currently there. Yeah. It, it, it's going to be in the nicest way possible. It's going to be a shit show. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they probably don't know what they're going to do and what they want to do. And they're, they're honestly probably happy for the time it's going to take to solidify this deal. Yeah. So they have time to think about all this. Crazy. And another thing, speaking on Call of Duty, is we found out today that the Raven Studios might be unionizing. A CWA representative told the site that 78% of eligible QA workers voted in favor of unionization, and they are asking Activision Blizzard to voluntarily recognize the union, which itself is being called the Game Workers Alliance. Not a lot to go off of here, but that's a high percentage. And, you know, this is in... I guess, response to recent uh, issues they Activision has with, tr- for whatever reason, trying to eliminate all their QA staff with Raven. I don't, I don't know why they were even doing that, uh, unless they just didn't like what they were hearing, but that seems childish, so I assume that's not the case. Yeah, and it also kind of just brings up to the part of the conversation we haven't, we touched on a little bit, but it's like the employees of all these companies, right? Yeah. It's like... Uh, are they going to be able to get through this whole thing without downsizing? What about all the harassment issues going on with Blizzard? Like, there's like, I I wasn't joking that Microsoft's inheriting a bit of a problem because they're not the the cleanest of uh, companies in their uh, publicity sake. Anyway, let's say so they're inheriting some mighty big problems. And I, I haven't heard too many issues from a lot of Microsoft, like the companies below them, if they're having issues with this sort of thing. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they handle all that kind of crap, like all the Blizzard staff doing a walkout and all that kind of stuff. It's, I don't know. I don't know how the hell that stuff's sort of going to go. Yeah. So moving forward, with those issues that you're talking about that Microsoft's basically adopting. Now we have another one where everyone's favorite CEO, Bobby Kotick. Sounds like he's not only, you know, he's been a, we don't, I guess I don't really talk about this a lot, but like, we don't like to get into accusations and, you know, political stuff. We just, we try to avoid it. We try to be very centralized here. I don't want to be polarizing. You know, my personality seems to be polarizing in terms of my preferences and opinion. Um, But beyond that, we like to keep everything pretty calm. So I don't like to speak on articles that just kind of point fingers to people and say they're bad. You know, David Cage is like almost infamously that character in the industry. And until something's like legally proven, I just don't like to talk about it because I don't want to come out and be a proponent of like shaming these people. And then maybe one day it turns out that wasn't the case, you know, actually for an example that I would like to bring up would be Sony itself. Uh, a few weeks ago, we didn't talk about it for these reasons. And, uh, a woman came forward who worked for Sony and she claimed that she was, uh, harassed based on her gender and she didn't get promotions and so on and so forth. And I think a lot of people would normally jump on that article. It's tantalizing this day and age and nothing's come of it. And I'm not saying that illegitimizes her claims, but I also would note that no one was joining her in this conquest and no one is solidifying her story or backing it up. Uh, 
in fact, I hear quite the opposite about PlayStation and that they are quite inclusive. Uh, and I would say with some of their partnerships and even just last year, I feel like that's true. And that's, you know, again, these are the, it's a muddled in between world. And I, that's why we don't talk about these things. So the same goes for Bobby Kodak and all of the, he's being basically tossed at him and all the negative words. I don't know what's true. What's like, I don't doubt some of it just based on the amount of stuff we see. But basically in all of this, whether you deserve, you think he deserves anything, nothing. Uh, if there should be some comeuppance here, we find out because of this deal, the Microsoft solution is to give him $390 million. And apparently, again, I don't know if he's guilty or not, but I guess I'd ask the audience, like, is that what should happen? Is that this man gets $390 million and he gets to walk away with his hands clean? That's what I was going to say. He also gets to walk away after this. He'll be here for the transition year Mm -hmm. and then he gets to walk away. So. Nothing's yeah. confirmed, but it's pretty obvious that I think he's going to be asked to leave when Microsoft finally acquires yeah. Activision. Yeah, Phil will take it all over. So, so I, again, I leave this up to you guys. I don't like to talk about speculation and stuff like that unless it's like a gaming rumor or something fun. Um, but when it comes to somebody's like character and their career and their life, I don't like to point fingers unless it's proven in a court of law. That's just my personal feelings. And so I just, I guess I'll ask you, yeah, is it right that he walks right at this? I know a lot of this money is because he owns like 4,000 or 4 million shares. I can't remember the number. It's, it's literally 0.56% of the company, but he's the highest stockholder in the company. Um, so I know a lot of it's just the payout on that, but still he gets to walk away with his hands clean. And I guess, yeah, you get to walk away feeling however you feel as a consumer. Also, I want to note before we finish up talking about this, because I think we've spent a decent amount of time on it, is a lot of people are making this weird claim that Sony's down like $20 billion in the stock market. I don't know how to feel about this because they did go down, but from other sources outside of the gaming universe, sounds like it was a bad day for the stocks in general. A lot of people went down. So it's not a hundred percent because of Microsoft. I wouldn't doubt if some of it has to do with Microsoft, but in just even recording this episode, they're almost like, it looks like they're almost halfway back. Like it's, uh, I don't know. Stock markets are volatile and you know, you just, I wouldn't look into that as like Sony's dead in the water. Um, I guess before we finish out, there's two things I want to talk about. What do you think Sony's response to this is going to be, Chris? To the acquisition in general? Just to the whole situation. Maybe let's rephrase that. What do you think their response is going to be or their reaction is going to be in terms of action? I don't know if they're going to react. Do you think a major acquisition, do you think they're going to change something up? I, I, I truly, honestly, don't think they're going to react at all. Um, Sony like keeps things close to their chest and doesn't reveal too many things that they want to reveal like publicly. Mm-hmm. So I, I honestly, I don't know if they're going to react initially, like where we will see it 
it might the react might happen like a year or two down the road um but i i don't think like secretly like you know microsoft's doing their thing acquiring things i don't think sony's in the background like <laughs> wait till they find out we got ubisoft like i don't think there's a, a big thing like that happening or like oh we got konami surprise silent hill boom <laughs> like i don't know if that's gonna happen um do we want that to happen? I I don't think we do because we're we're sitting here saying we don't like how it's happening with Activision. I think you know there's going to be good gaming companies, good developers out there that are going to make their games for just Sony, and they're not going to be part of the Sony family. But you know they're going to do what they do, make good games. Sony's going to keep acknowledging these developers, and then you know they're going to acquire them like they've been doing it with all these uh, Housemark and all these other companies, right? So mm-hmm. I, I don't know if we're going to see a big reaction from them. I, I I don't know if I want one. You know, let's let's have a good release of the the PSVR two down the road. They have they still all the big games are still coming out of Sony. Like I said, mm-hmm. the only big games, yes, Call of Duty is a massive game, makes tons of money. Sure. Yeah. It doesn't make more than even all these single uh, solo uh, first party games. Yes, it does. Because it's a big, massive multiplayer game. It's a big wing. But I don't think it's going to change much in how Sony reacts to just them losing that particular market. So yeah. I don't know. I, to me, I, like I said, I, I don't think they're going to react quickly, if anything. It might be something down the road, but maybe they could be, they could surprise us. Like I said, with acquiring a Konami or something like that, but they're not, they don't have the pockets. Like, I think I looked it up like Sony versus Microsoft. I think like Microsoft was like 11 times more money than Sony or something like that. If if, if I was looking at the right statistics. So I don't think Sony's going to go and acquire a big name, big player. So. Well, and you're right. They can't play the same game as Microsoft, and it's they don't want scary. It. Like people, people don't even realize that they spent more money on Activision than Nintendo's currently worth. Yeah. So if Nintendo would have said yes yesterday, Microsoft could have bought them too. Like that's how big these deals are, and why it's so perverse, in my opinion. And you know, we can move on. Like you know, my thought, Chris, is I think you said it right. I think my hope is Sony doesn't respond at all. I hope they pretend that this never even happened and it would show true power, in my opinion, that Sony's like, yeah, and we still have better games. How many billions of dollars have you spent? We still have better games. Give us your version of God of War. Give us your version of The Last of Us. Go to Tsushima. Any of these titles, please. But you can't. You spend billions of dollars and you still have nothing. You have... Halo Infinite, which at best came out okay, it was received well, but isn't that a sad day that you, you you're like your highlight is like our game was received well. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I know I'm staring at you like a crazy person. No, I know. The you're audience right. can't see, but that is my point about this creativity. And you know, I'm scared Sony's going to react. I, I'm scared that a lot of people seem to think they should react, which is insane. My whole comment is I don't want xbox people to lose any games so if sony went out there and let's say did something crazy like bought all the games from like not that konami is going to sell but like let's say they acquired the rights and they did some weird exclusive partnership and xbox loses those games or they acquire capcom or something crazy. let's even go back to those crazy rumors 
where everyone was speculating that Sony was in talks with Take Two to buy uh, like them basically as a whole and take uh, GTA. I don't want Xbox to lose games either. And that's why I like the way PlayStation does things. It's very classy. They put their top hat on and they go out the door and they (laughs) do things like a classy ass man. And I want them to continue that way. The way I think they might react. And we can talk on this too, Chris, is if you agree, but we know about project Spartacus. And I don't know if this speeds up that message, that um, announcement that it exists. And this is what it do. Do you think, I know the big rumor going out there there now is with this announcement, do you think Project Spartacus changes and maybe we are going to see PlayStation exclusive first party games free with a subscription price day one? Possibly. But if that is the case, (laughs) if if that is the case, I think Mm -hmm. they would have been that they that was what they were already intending to do. It's not a reaction. I don't think it's a reaction to because of what Microsoft's doing to do this. I think if they were going to do it, it's because they had already intended to do that. Okay. I would think think my thought is like, if there, if there is no backwards compatibility or it's not true backwards compatibility, or it's just not good backwards compatibility, like there's no boost or anything. um, Then I honestly would think that they might've thought that's okay at the time. And then after this, they might course correct. And then, do what we're talking about which again i don't even want either i i'll i want to support my favorite developers i'm okay buying games i love souls games anyone that listens to this knows this and that's why when elden ring comes out i'm paying for it and i am happy to do so you know what they gotta do because we we've talked about two with the bringing back retro game games from like ps1 ps2 ps3 bring those back and put all those Activision, Activision games on there. Because <laughs> that's when the Activision was good. PS1, PS2, PS3. That's where Activision lives in my mind. That's where I they were. Activision would have to be part of those deals, though. And I mean, if they got them to sign something the earlier, <laughs> then, yeah, it would be interesting. Throw them all goes. on there. <laughs> so, Chris, I think we finally did it, if I'm not mistaken. I think we finally got through everything here. In a not-so-timely um, fashion. <laughs> in a not-so-timely fashion. This might be our longest episode to date, honestly. And I hope you guys forgive us. I know we're known for like smaller episodes that you can just take in easily and then go on your entire week and not feel like you missed anything. And now you're going to have to listen to my voice for much longer than that. So we're going to move on to review roundup. That's right. There actually is a review roundup this week. Uh, not Stuff big ones, though, so hold your breath. But anyway, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Extraction came out. This is the game that's currently free on Game Pass, because from what I'm hearing, it is a Game Pass ass game, and it's sitting at 74 critic score, 21 positive scores, 12 mixed, and the user score is sitting at a lesser than 6.1 with 41 reviews. And then there's Nobody Saves the World. Now, this game's only on Xbox or PC, but I have heard about it. So I included for that reason, because let's face it, there was not much else. 79 critic score, uh, 13 positive, two mixed. So more positive than not. And the user score is also positive with 8.8. But, you know, don't read too far into that because there's only five reviews. (laughs) Ah, So we're going to homework. What is homework? Homework is when we don't have enough time in the show. I'm looking at the runtime currently, and that's definitely the case. We don't even have time for homework. (laughs) So we give you the article headlines 
where you can find those articles, and then you can go educate yourselves on your own time like you should be. So we're going to start with Ubisoft pulls the plug on Watch Dogs Legion PS5, PS4 updates. This one comes from Push Square. And uh, is anyone surprised, Chris? Too soon. Anyone Too surprised? soon. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That game shouldn't or, be released. Or not soon enough. Not soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's Depends the way I like are. it. Don't worry, Harry Potter fans. Wizarding World website says Hogwarts Legacy is coming in 2022. This one comes from Push Square. It's, I don't know, you even read that article, man. It is, <laughs> it is crazy. It, yeah, mixed messaging, mixed messaging. WWE 2K22 gets a March release date with pricing ranging from $70 to $120. This one comes from VGC. Judgment Actor will reportedly star in a live action TV series. This one comes from VGC. Kind of cool. I know he's worried about his branding before, at least his agency was, but looks like he's not anymore. Call of Duty Vanguard sales were down 36% in the UK during 2021. This one comes from VGC. Might be a good week to hear about this other news then. (laughs) God of War was Steam's bestseller last week ahead of Monster Hunter Rise. This one comes from VGC. That's pretty good, honestly, because I know Monster Hunter did well. Yeah, it did well on the Switch. The Cuphead show hits Netflix next month. New trailer was released. This one can be found on Game Informer. Final Fantasy 16 missing from Square Enix 2022 lineup article. This can be found on Push Square. I and heard it's uh, it's in the lineup for 2032, though. So. 2032, yeah. And finally, PS5 stock registrations open in Europe now. This can be found on Push Square. Okay, Chris, we got through homework, we got through our many articles, we got through our rants, and uh, all I can say is we're done for this episode. So I hope you enjoy the longer than normal episode uh, like we do every week. I just want to thank you guys for your time. It's your most valuable currency. The fact that you'd spend any of it on us is very humbling, and we appreciate it very much. And I'll just do one last shout out. If you guys want to talk about the Microsoft acquisition, If you want to let me know your feelings, especially you guys that listen, I know you're there from the UK, Australia. I'm very interested in here and anywhere. Honestly, if you're just outside the North America continent, I just want to hear from you. So like I said, send any of those email address, homoplaypodcast at gmail.com. I just want to hear from you. And until next week, I just want to say goodbye. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.